This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful, but brief. In this episode, we have Chris Puga, SVP Mobile at Creative Clicks. Chris, welcome to the Beyond of podcast. Thank you for having me. Great. Thank you for coming. So as always on the show, I'm going to start with setting up the stage. So what are you watching these days? The Morning Show, The Foundation on Apple TV+, Sex Education on Netflix, Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. Are you listening music on um, Apple Music or Spotify? In other words, we live in a streaming world. Initially, it was cool to have Netflix for all your online movie watching time. And now we have Netflix, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Hulu, Peacock, Paramount Plus, Max, which you may still remember call HBO Max, Disney Plus. All these platforms charge around 10 bucks a month, which is great. But when you decide to go with a few of them at the same time, it adds up pretty quickly. People clearly need to decide what platforms to choose because they both don't have time to watch all all of this stuff and don't have enough money. And so they have to choose. And this is just movies. There are streaming apps for games, fitness, podcasts, and more. In this episode, we have Chris to help us out with your app growth strategy to survive these streaming wars. But first, Chris, let's kick off with talking about you. Uh, tell us about yourself and your background in tech. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, Chris Puga, the SVP of mobile performance here at Creative Clicks. Uh, my role here, I lead the mobile performance division, and I just celebrated my one-year anniversary. Before this, um, joining the Creative Clicks team, I worked at Twitter, CBS Television, and a few other startups in the ad tech industry, all here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Nice. So you you work in Twitter when it was Twitter, not X. Yes. You like how I mentioned Twitter? I didn't say X. Yeah. I, I was there 2012 to 2016. So before oh, you... those days. Gosh, that's yeah. before any everything. Yeah. The wild, oh, yeah. wild west. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. That's the topic for the different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell me about creative clicks. What problems do you guys solve in the market, and how come clicks can be creative? Absolutely. Yeah, happily. Creative Clicks, we're, um, simply put, we're a full-service global performance agency. We help brands and large agencies deliver complex performance ad strategies across several different objective categories, right? CPI, CPA, CPL, cost per call, cost per entry, cost per sign, obviously cost per subscription, talking about screening. Uh, you name it, we have the tech and the resources to execute. And what, what makes us unique, though, I think, is our ability to cater to our clients' needs with custom builds. So whatever is needed within reason, we can execute. So I think uh, um, what I learned quickly, simply put, we prioritize our clients' needs. That's how the team's been operating here for 18 years. It's exactly why our retention rate is so high. That's something that I'm very proud and humbled by. Dedication, hard work, analysis, and constant learning. Yeah, this is what makes a company great team to strive and keep, and keep up and doing great work. Okay, uh, one of the, like I said at the beginning, one of the most prominent trends in media business today is streaming. 
So it all started with music, thanks to Spotify, then it moved to movies and games. By now it's definitely mainstream, and it's pretty crowdy. Obviously, streaming implies content management on a big scale. And so let's talk about content curation, why it's important, and what are the challenges that you see associated with it? Yeah, I kind of giggled when you said uh, streaming started with Spotify. I'm, I'm like the Napster, LimeWire generation. So oh, uh, I've really seen it all. But I guess you might be, you might consider that like the piracy business and maybe not the streaming business, but yeah, yeah. regardless, regardless, um, a few ways to answer that, that question when you look at content creation. Uh, and I could start from the brand's perspective, right? From the brand's perspective, it's it's simple. Like content creation is important because a seamless user experience is is no longer a luxury or a nice to have. It's a necessity. Users need to be able to navigate and engage with what they want, when they want it, at any point during their experience. Uh, if they're a new user or an experienced user, and if you can't accomplish this, uh, you if you're not analyzing your data, you'll fit, quickly find out and you'll quickly fail. Um, I think from, from our point of view, from the growth partners side of the coin, uh, the answer is a little bit different. We see content creation as an opportunity. Uh, I think we're, we're fortunate enough to work with several different streaming platforms, all with different interfaces, uh, different categories, different verticals, uh, and all with different user flows. One, one tip, one good tip worth sharing is that uh, we've started to leverage our clients' internal data uh, into creative rotations. So I'll backtrack a little bit. When a streaming platform has a new show or a trending film or a hot new podcast, a new playlist, um, which is, you know, we just, um, it just passed uh, the, the New Year's where, where new playlist was, was really big. We optimize our creatives in real time by testing deep linking so that a new user can download the app, be taken to a page with the content from the ad that they clicked on. So a seamless pinpoint experience for any new user. And so far, we've seen that to be extremely successful. So what, uh, what we do is we, we kind of flip those challenges, turn them into opportunities. You know, streaming platforms are, are, are going to, to iterate and they're going to advance fast with new technologies that, that are going to be hitting the marketplace. I, I believe that it's our job as a growth partner to learn as much as we can from our, our, our platforms, uh, provide solutions and assist them in, in accelerating their growth. Yeah, uh, you mentioned deep links. Uh, it's one of my favorite tools for app marketing because uh, it really lets you connect your audience uh, directly with the stuff they're looking for. It's like um, you used to provide the specific page on the website for people to check out the content they're looking for specifically. They're not that interested in the homepage of the website. So the same thing applies to, to a specific app. If it has a lot of content and they need that, uh, that tidbit, that the specific uh, item, you could just uh, get them right there. Mm. Um, now, in our daily lives, so we get it intuitively. Uh, the, the first impression you make on somebody matters a lot. This is how you win your trust, you uh, build a r report and the trust between you and that person. So when it comes to onboarding users to your app, how do we manage to make this first impression good? Yeah. Um, I think, I think deep linking, you mentioned it is a great way to make a good first impression. Um, I think not inundating new users with a lengthy user flow. I think that's huge. That is an amazing way to make a good first impression, make it easy for a user to, to sign up and become that new user. Uh, if there's a paywall, introduce it early. 
um, if you can do a nice integration with a third-party platform so they don't have to manually put their information, that's a great uh, um, ease to, to ease in the flow. I think operationally, um, having a fast connection, is your app sizable? Work with a partner like Creative Clicks who can target new users who are only using Wi-Fi. Um, if you're running a campaign in different countries, tier ones to tier threes that have different device capabilities, work with a partner like Creative Clicks who can help with device targeting. Um, if your app is too heavy, have a light version. Uh, make it easy for uh, for users to, to um, download your app and then consume the content within your app. Um, I think uh, uh, another good tip is to have a good uh, app store optimization strategy. Um, really important for new users. Are, are you monitoring your keywords within your description? Are you changing your header uh, image regularly? Uh, the last thing you really want to do is you want you know to pay for new users, but then lose that potential um, conversion with a poor app rating. So there's um, there's a ton to list here, right? We can have a different podcast on this question alone, but but ultimately listen to your users, solicit feedback, get reviews, and then um, fail fast. Yeah, uh, there is a uh, two things which which may happen with you in businesses. One of my favorite uh, podcast hosts likes to say. So the first uh, big thing that may happen to you, which you will be not happy about, will is just to, um, losing uh, like um, um, losing a battle. Um, not that this specific project will, will fail, but the worst problem will will be if that fail is slow. If you're failing slowly, you're not yeah. learning from that problem. And so if you are failing fast, you can just uh, go back to the you know, drawing board, uh, take the other route uh, and fix that problem, as opposed to just uh, um, slowly but surely going down and wasting your time on losing. Yeah, um, You mentioned the uh, uh, the shorter, the uh, lighter version of the app. It's um, I wonder where where are these lighter versions for the apps I've been using because I don't encounter them uh, a lot these days. So I remember when Apple introduced this lighter, lighter version of the app uh, and the initial idea was that when you're, uh, I don't know, uh, somewhere when you need to use a service and you need the lighter version to start the like, tr transaction with uh, something like, I don't know, Starbucks or something, when you just need to pay something uh, for something quickly. But uh, to this day, I don't think I can recall a lot of instances when I was uh, interacting with a lighter version of the apps so i just wonder where are they they're not that mainstream as i hope they will be yeah. uh, in a not, while. not in our areas but uh, in different countries uh in and around india there, there could be an app that you're launching that uh, um, you minimize the capabilities so it's not as heavy and it's easier to download and it's easier to use gotcha so th th they're specifically catered for the devices that will be uh, taking advantage of a lighter app right okay um now let's imagine I see the number of users for my app is growing. Um, so this is great, awesome. So what do we do to optimize their experience to make them stick with the app? Um, yeah. You know, sustainable business is not feasible. It's not possible with the stable uh, growing user base. Yeah, sticky users, right? The the kind of question where there's not only one answer. These, these are great. So if, if I had to generalize, I would say step one, um, go into it with an open mindset, you know, truly let your users navigate your decisions, have them track what you're going to do and help them provide you solutions. Uh, I think tracking drop-off, um, 
that uh, so you can potentially fix any hurdle that's key so you know like where the the um the miss is, is happening uh enabling sharing enabling push notifications but doing so in a respectful manner the last thing you want is to be, have all these negative reviews is saying this app is you know messages me 20 times a day with uh, incorrect information uh, so don't be too aggressive but but make sure you do leverage that effectively super important to maintain sticky users and help with retention um, step two, after um, you kind of tackle all those battles, is to have a good remarketing strategy, right? Work, work with a network like Creative Clicks, who can efficiently and effectively capitalize on churned users, lapsed users, uh, with an evergreen approach, right? And have separate remarketing strategies, different campaign details, different prerequisites, different bidding stra strategies for your churn users, uh, and then the same for different for free users and different for paid users, all to be run simultaneously. Yeah, uh, this is good, really essential to make sure that you have the strategy, you have the partner to help you out with the cases when part of your user base, they're not churning off because they don't want your app. Uh, they'll still see the value, there's still need for them to use your application to take advantage of that app. But for whatever reason, they were distracted, switched on something else. Just like one of those open emails you meant to send somebody, you open the email, but never send that email, but because you were distracted with something else. So it happens on a big scale in our daily uh, busy lives. Um, so you need to have a right tool to remind about yourself uh, and uh, just to show that you're re relevant. The app is still there. You can still take advantage of its, its features. Well said. Now, Examples are always helpful. So let's give our audience uh, a few to show what a successful growth strategy looks like. Sure, yeah, specifically in the streaming space, uh, ton of successful streaming apps right now in the App Store and Google Play. You know, you mentioned Paramount Plus earlier, Disney Plus, Peacock, Amazon Prime, their freebie. Um, they all leverage their new release schedule super effectively for a successful growth campaign, as well as all the other steps that we mentioned earlier. Um, it's hard to call out uh, one, but because uh, we love all of our partners, obviously, I, I think uh, one tip for sharing that's been huge for us, uh, and, and it's great to recommend to others, is to prioritize communication. Um, creative deployment for a streaming app is extremely tricky uh, and important to execute flawlessly, right? For most of our streaming platforms, um, each have multiple global campaigns with different prerequisites, different bids, um, more importantly, different creatives, right? And for, for creatives incorrect, incorrectly or a delay in accurate creative deployment can absolutely crush a campaign. It could ruin it very quickly. So this needs to be um, seamless and in real time to coincide with their offline marketing. And so what we've done is uh, we have share drives, we have assist with real-time communication with all of our app partners so that nothing gets missed, nothing gets lost. Uh, and we, we make sure that that is handled with several different team members are on site. Uh, we have weekly stand-up calls to, to go over these strategies. We have monthly reports, screenshot decks, QBRs with global team members. Um, all this together ensures that we're running the right, time, the right ads at the right time, um, to targeting the right users. So win-win-win strategy. Yeah, uh, thanks for the, this example. I can imagine what looks like the release of, let's say, a movie on Netflix in multiple markets where they have to take a, 
into account not only the language of the country but a bunch of cultural differences and that should be all choreographed in this single action and uh, they they will be losing if nothing if something goes wrong on this, one of those markets it will be less than expected it's not like uh, you're just going online with the uh, tv series in us or canada and you're good like you're within one market when it's about the you know going 12 10 and more more a lot of creatives should be adapted and f go flawlessly with the audience in that country um do not make pro <laughs> do not make silly mistakes with the some uh, jargon or uh, cultural differences Yes. Um, I've, I've covered recently these uh, aspects in one of the guides for the business of apps and uh, things like, you know, color perception, different countries is different, like white color means completely different in Japan and comparing to what it means in Europe or states. So these small things are all, all important and when you're going on a big scale, it's just uh, really important to make everything uh, go flawlessly. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. And have to have that that understanding that, that those things do matter, they do affect engagement rate. They do uh, affect your conversion rate. And, and if your campaign is failing, you need to know why you need to fix it fast. Uh, and, and if it is creative, which it is sometimes, uh, you need to, to have a plan to execute to roll, rotate it out, get something fresh in there, right. uh, and then provide that, uh, um, that qualitative feedback back to your client. I think that's important too. And they'll, of course, appreciate it. Of course they will. Finally, uh, what takeaways do you have for our listeners? Uh, I'm going to quote Ted Lasso here. I just used this recently. Okay. I'm going to say, uh, be curious. All right. Uh, our, our industry is, is changing super fast right now. Uh, it's kind of wild. Um, I would say learn something new this year within our industry and ask and, and continue to ask questions. Uh, I think it will do wonders for you as a person and, uh, and for your career. Great. Okay, Chris, I have this question for you. Uh, every time I have a guest on the show who has uh, a big um, experience, uh, like a multiple years in the industry under his belt, I believe he or she has something to say about the industry, things that are out of her or his reach. Uh, they cannot fix it, but it doesn't mean it doesn't bother them. So Looking at the mobile ad business today, what would you like to change it about it the most? Um, yeah, the, the obvious answer is user data. Uh, I, I'm on that, that that other side of the fence that says, you know, give me more relevant ads. Uh, please take my mobile ID, take my tracking history, stop serving me irrelevant ads. I would change that like that in a, in a heartbeat. Um, other than that, I would say uh, I would love to see more collaboration within our industry. Um, I would say let's let's learn from each other, right? We we've all seen, you know, shifts, acquisitions, mergers, um, sadly layoffs. Uh, recently, I think our, our I think our industry is small. I think if we collaborated more within from within, I think we can turn some of those challenges into opportunities. And I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, that would be great. That mentality is. I wish it can be shifted. Like we, yes, we're competing. We're in the, it's a capital a capitalist market, but it doesn't mean we cannot help each other to, you know, move the, you know, uh, combined envelope farther altogether. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're finishing the first part of the show. And whenever I have a new guest on the show, I take this opportunity not only to 
bring some good insight about the topic on the table, but let my audience know that person a little bit better with a few quick questions. Uh, here we go. So what smartphone do you have now? Uh, are you one of those folks who are switching between the platforms, you know, these two giants or being on one side all the time? Oh, one side. Um, I got an iPhone Max 10. Um, I did go Android once and I didn't even last a year. So <laughs> I'm, I'm iOS all day. Okay. Uh, before the uh, days of iPhone, uh, before that, uh, in, uh, that great <laughs> introduction of iPhone, uh in 2007 what was your uh, first mobile phone oh man you're gonna age me all right uh i had one of those small nokia beveled phones it might have been i don't know if it was the first one i my my dad had a had a car phone like the big brick zach morris ones oh my too. Gosh. one of uh, those yeah it was in a buick it was amazing i wish we still had that um but i loved my first mobile phone but i'll do you one better i i had a pager growing up when i was oh, in middle school. so nice. there you go Yes, yeah. Pager uh, doesn't tell anything for, for folks right now. Uh, <laughs> but this used to be a thing called Pager, and you actually could uh, receive messages on that thing. If you one or two lines of green text, that's it. Um, and it was enough for folks, I don't know, who were in the healthcare system or, I don't know, firefighters, police. There, there, there were multiple um uses for business and yes yeah, some folks used for you know personal use lo like yeah. you're saying i think my brother my brother used to have pager back in the day as well now i remember yeah that's a good guy i'm sure oh yeah um back to present so um let's imagine you left your home uh, leaving your uh, smartphone inside uh, for whatever reason uh, okay you're out what's the most missing feature for you oh um uh, probably messages um you know sending messages. I, I don't think i can go go away with uh, with my messages and then um feature i mean chat gpt is kind of kind of obvious i think uh, i use the weather app a lot I, i'm always using the weather app so so give me some advancements in, in weather i'm a dad so i feel like I'm, I'm checking the weather multiple times a day and i don't even know why <laughs> Yeah, whenever I get this notification from the weather app on iOS that says uh, expect rain in 15 minutes, I have this mental picture from back in the uh, to the future uh, scene with it when Doc was telling Marty, Marty, we're gonna have, we're gonna have rain soon. Isn't that the weather forecast amazing in the future? Here we go. We are in the future. We have these <laughs> notifications 15 minutes in advance. Um, all right. Speaking of future. Uh, when you're looking at your phone right now, um, perhaps there's something you would like to improve in this thing, some feature, hardware, software, um, something that will be specifically for you useful. Um, shouldn't be any, you know, trendy stuff, but what would make it a better device for you? Yeah, I, um, I run a lot. So, um, so I use Strava. Um, I use a lot of like, like tracking apps. I, I feel like those are, those are great. I love them. Um, I think there can, there can be more to, to offer within that. There's, you know, any distance there, there's a few pretty good ones out there. So I like to see that advance. Um, but I, I think if we're thinking like, you know, it's like new technologies, I, I think like AI just can continue to drop into new apps that, that we can't even think of right now. And it's going to shape the way we engage with our phones. So I'm excited to see that uh, and see how it'll help me, you know, with, with the apps I'm using that I don't even know how it's going to help me, but I'm sure it's going to happen soon. 
Yeah, for sure. And sooner when than with we think as it happened with the chat DPT four. Okay, before I let you go, very, very final question. How can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? Oh, easy. Chris.puga at creativeclicks.com. There's only one Chris Puga on LinkedIn. So please reach out and say hi. Great. Chris, thank you so much for spending time with us and being on the show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. And that was Chris Puga, SVP Mobile at Creative Clicks. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Remember, we release episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review or comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.